Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. I'm here with Hannah Maria. We've been trying to set this up for, I've been trying to set this up for a while. <laughs> Managed to finally get a hold of you, Hannah. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Beth. It's a, it's a privilege and a pleasure. Right on, right on. So we can just chat for a few minutes. I'm going to set up the Rockfin. It, uh, I used to proclaimed that it was the uncensored platform, but if you're familiar with Owen Benjamin, he just got, uh, I don't think totally taken down, but a video was taken down. So it's like, oh, okay, not what we uh, thought it was. But uh, nonetheless, we're all on borrowed time on these platforms. So I'm still grateful to uh, share a Rockfin link here. Great. Yeah, it's a bit like with Telegram. Um, I'm hearing from a lot of my colleagues, uh, fellow activists in this arena that they are losing following like by the day very, very quickly. Losing uh, following. Yeah, interesting. One of my yeah, groups has been the same. Yeah. yeah, it's been the same. And, and I can't, I don't know if there's somebody in the back end saying, you know, Beth Martins is a bad one or something. I don't know what's happening exactly with that, but uh, yeah. some kind of some kind of engineering and for sure infiltrated given the topic we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, Coma. Nice to see you. Richard Bonner was excited about the, the workshop. Feel free to come and say hi. And uh, Mojo Shop, excellent. Nice to see you. Tammy Rogers, too. Tommy Rogers, not Tammy. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, for yeah. those that are here, I always feel like jumping in and uh, getting to some good questions, but I'd love to introduce you first. And just let you know, if you don't know already, I'm sure my, my audience is familiar with you, but uh, Hannah Maria is a peace activist, a speaker, a poet, and a practitioner of the healing arts, ancestral heal healing arts, which she learned apprenticing. Now I'm going to, uh, how do you pronounce this? Shipibo? Shipibo, yeah. Uh -uh, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that tribe in the Amazon rainforest. I was uh, looking at a bunch of your pictures on your website last night and really amazing, actually. Very good gallery to give, a, you know, kind of an overview or feel for what you have been up to. And uh, so uh, now Hannah and her husband, Richard, run their own healing sanctuary in Whiston, uh, pardon me, Whiston Origins in the mountains of Andalusia. How yeah. did I do that with that one yet? Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. In 2019, Hannah founded the Dawn of Peace, a creative community and peace organization. Her advocacy focuses on the spiritual reality of life, human and animal rights, medical freedom, self-sovereignty. In 2021, Hannah founded the International Police for Freedom Movement, educating police and civilians about our natural rights in order to rehumanize our society and uh, restore trust between security forces and the people. How beautiful is that? It's exactly what we need. They wanted us to uh, you know, become the enemy. I'll just quickly say that this last week, I'm sure you've been hearing the news in Canada, uh, our trucker convoy a few months ago, and now we had a, a biker convoy hit Ottawa, the Parliament Hill in Canada, where all of the, our uh, bad laws are made. Actually, good laws. I don't want to put the law down. The law is fine. It's just the use of it and our ignorance of it that's been the problem. And um, um, so, yeah, the, the police in both cases actually inciting, unfortunately, inciting violence, moving people to violence themselves. Uh, enacting violence and our people didn't go for it, which is so amazing, right? They know that peace is the way. 
Yes. <laughs> the only way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So hello to Eric Dulan and uh, Doug listening in the car. Excellent. Bridget, welcome. Nice to see you here. I, I do tend to lose a little track of the, the chat, but if you have any specific questions, feel free to let us know. So today we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. And I was explaining to Hannah Maria, do, do you like to be called your full name, Hannah Maria? Or just is, Hannah is fine. Hannah's fine. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then. I don't like to shorten anybody's name that doesn't want to be shortened. And um, yeah, so I am a broken record on this subject of controlled op. It's something that, you know, I went along for a couple of years before the pandemic and uh, started getting interested in, in a whole variety of people and speakers and figures and characters on a stage. And then the pandemic hit. And of course, that became a much bigger um, fascination. Many people, you know, uh, that were out there, their audiences exploded. And um, so I followed a whole bunch of people. But because I have, I, I swear, Hannah, I have several incarnations of, um, now, do you mind if I swear? <laughs> it's okay. Of, of people trying to fuck with me. Right. That, you know, take me here, take me there and and, uh, you know, lure me in and make me feel special and all kinds of things. And I just I think I decided that this time around, you can't do that anymore. And so my spidey senses are up and I'm watching for this stuff. Mostly I I feel like I discover what um, things are just by sheer intuition, just a download kind of a women's thing. I'm sure you're familiar with that. And then you start to see some evidence and things come down uh, to to uh, give some proof to that, so to speak. But we're, we're in a realm where it, things are extremely hard to, to prove. But uh, I'd like to, uh, before we dive in with that topic, I'd like to just open it up to you to say anything else about yourself. You mentioned before we talked that you're getting more into giving retreats and the healing arts work rather than the full-time activism. So anything you want to share with us? before we jump in jump yeah. in <laughs> well my actually my advocacy in this covid tyranny time came from my healing arts practice so it's been a funny journey because um i was a nobody before 2020 you know i was very much not in social media i was not speaking publicly i was i've been an activist since about 2006 uh but i've been one of those you know, boots on the ground kind of gals, you know, so I've been on the streets and, and doing my work that way. But it was actually through my connection to the ancestors and, and, and the incredible tribal teachers that I have that I got the push in 2020 that you must start speaking up, that there's no excuse for you to anymore to, to, to withhold this information that you see everywhere. And there's a lot of us, I'm not saying I'm special in any way, but a lot of us have been observing this world burning in flames for years already. Mm -hmm. um, doing our best in our little circle of influence, you know, in our, in our circle of friends and family and in our, in our work, you know, choosing our path very consciously, doing everything we can not to increase the suffering in this world. But when it took such a ginormous proportion as with this uh, medical tyranny, it was like a call to arms. And honestly, when I felt like, in March 2020, that it's goal time, I felt like I'd been made for it, <laughs> you know, like, it just, overnight, I was like, all right, I've, I've got all my ammunition on the table, I'm gonna go for it. And 
So Amazing. perhaps a little piece of ins inspiration for anyone out there who feels that there are nobody and nobody will listen to you. Yes, they will. But there's only one requirement. You have to be real. You have to be authentic. And this is what this podcast is going to be all about, right? Is how to spot who's authentic, who's not. Mm, excellent way to frame that. I love it. Yeah. And it was the same with me. You know, I was just a little bit behind the scenes talking to one friend or maybe two friends and voraciously consuming all of the material that I had never come across in my life before and didn't want to see. Actually, I had the blinders on so I could just run forward with my work. And uh, so when the pandemic hit, it was the same thing. Okay, that's it. It's over. No more. No more. I'm just going to speak. I'm going to risk it. And, uh, and it was actually an enormous risk, right? You know, so I'm sure you experienced this many friends, all, almost all the family vacated, demonized me, you know, lots of attacks uh, until I really learned to flip things. And instead of being afraid of, um, you know, being called out, I, I, I went harder at it. So those people who didn't resonate with the message or outright hated it, wanted to go to war with me, would leave. And they did. <laughs> high speed. And, and, then, <laughs> and then the whole truth community came in high speed. It was this beautiful, you know, wave that, uh, as you say, when, when you're willing to risk being real, then your people can find you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? This is a big message of mine. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And you are transmitting a signal to say, to others, you too have permission to speak out. You know, this is how That's it's it. so important to, 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 to speak out one voice. We can't even imagine, you know, how many others we can influence to have that courage to start speaking out. And not necessarily publicly, but in their own circle of influence. Exactly. So everyone can contribute. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'll add to that. Everyone must contribute because, you know, we all have our, yeah, I'm sure we're on the same page with this, our own sacred purpose. I almost died not following that. And it taught me very quickly 20 years ago how to start getting in alignment with who I am so I could conserve the energy that I would spend otherwise, uh, you know, putting on the persona, being somebody else, trying to make people love and approve of me. And, uh, and, and so it gives what it ends up doing just for anybody who hasn't stepped into some kind of arena. And like, you, like Hannah said, it's not necessary that you have a podcast or, or you uh, have, you know, public face and a website and all that kind of thing. But just that you are the one who brings your voice forward that otherwise, if your voice doesn't come, then, then what's uniquely needed in the world through your voice can have a place. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And yeah. that's why we are many, because in order to come close to truth, we need all these multiple points of view, all these multiple perceptions put together. So you have something that nobody else has. That's it. You got it. You got it. So welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to have you here. If you're new to the King Heroes Journey podcast, I am uh, interviewing uh, people such as Santa Maria who are willing to speak out, willing to be themselves, risking the disapproval of some and being of service to others. In the past two years, I've done more than 190 podcasts interviewing souls such as those. And uh, it's very interesting to look back. It's, uh, it's wild. And, and it taught me because, you know, at first I'm looking, okay, who has the truth? I need to talk to that person. Oh, that guy might have the truth. I'll talk to them. And, and actually looking for 
you know, I don't, I don't, I wasn't aware of that, but looking for someone to follow, someone who could tell me how to navigate, especially in the law, that became a very big subject I never thought I would get into. And, you know, just searching, 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 who, who next? And there came a point where I started to look back and see where, you know, everything wasn't perfect or things were outright sideways, taking you, you know, off the map, whether it was spiritually or actually in the law. And, uh, you know, and seeing how it's not about following people, it's about being open to receive, because even, uh, how do you feel about this, that even, even controlled op end up coming forward with enough truth to make us listen to them. So it means they do have something that you could take and, and make use of. But to yeah. me, the flip is, is that you're not following them, you're following your own heart and your own soul and, and God. Oh, yeah. Well, they have to, you know, they the best poison has to be laced with a lot of honey. So they, they have to come with a lot of truth. This is the thing that we have to be aware of, that just because someone's right about many things that there wouldn't be at the core something else. So we just have to, like you said in the beginning, follow that intuitive guidance and not the people and receive things, archive things and then see is there consistency. This is one mm -hmm. of the big things for me is consistency and then alignment. Do you practice what you preach? The old adage, how are you in your private life? You know, how do you treat others? Which is why I love, you know, conferences and gatherings where you actually get to meet the speakers because you get to observe them on stage and off stage. And then is there alignment in character? Is the same person who's presenting in a charismatic way on the stage behaving completely differently off stage, And that gives a lot. So if you have opportunity to go see people speak live and then, you know, pull them aside and speak to them, you, you get a lot bigger picture of who this individual actually is. Nice. Yeah, I can completely relate to that as a, you yeah. know, a, a teenager and a young adult. I always wanted to be backstage for that exact reason. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I've been following an artist and, you know, loving their work and just, uh, you know, so oh, I'm like full of emotion every time I would hear them. And then I meet them in person and find out they're a jerk. And it's like, oh, OK, good to know. I don't yeah, have to pour, yeah, pour yeah, my yeah. heart and soul in that direction anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So fun. All right. Well, let's dive in and see what we could talk about first. And so you called it a war strategy of controlled mm -hmm. op. And I agree with this very much. So do you want to talk about why that is such an effective strategy and how it works in the first place? Yeah, I'd like to start by examining the etymology of the word war, which is confusion. Excellent. And so if you know that that is how we wage wars through getting people extremely confused, then of course, controlled opposition uh, infiltration is the best way to confuse people because you have a lot of truth and you mix it together with lies. And so the why it's such a brilliant strategy is because they recognize the best freedom movements, the best social justice movements, and they know that if, if you try and eradicate them, it actually makes them stronger. So what you need to do instead is to recognize, okay, these guys are very close to information that has potential to liberate the, the entire humanity. You know, they are presenting such pieces of information that we cannot allow. So they 
jump that movement. They make sure that they get their guys in influential positions of that movement and then slowly begin to steer it to a direction away from liberation because that is always what they are out to do is to keep control, right? It's all about slavery. So whatever is there to liberate us from the clutches of this slave system, they will need to water it down or, or distract it or hijack it and, and, and change it completely. And the way they do it, of course, is through transformation of values and perceptions and worldviews. So it's highly psychological. And I always say that all wars are primarily psychological wars, even if they end up on the grounds, you know, with bombs and, and soldiers and, and whatnot. First, you have to make the soldiers believe that the other side is your enemy. So there's always severe mind control required first. And mm -hmm. if that wasn't happening, you wouldn't think to go and, and murder your brother or your sister. So it, this is how it's, it's done in, in war. And so controlled opposition in this age of silent weapons is the best way because you just make sure that we are allowed to protest. We're allowed to disagree as long as whatever we're you know, going into this movement will take you right back under their control. So this mm -hmm. is essentially what controlled opposition is. It's a way to ensure that the way we oppose things is under their control. Exactly. So, you know, when when we woke up and we considered ourselves the, the awakened people and congratulated ourselves, patted ourselves on the back and pointed our fingers out and said, you know, called them mastards and all these, you know, sleeping people, sheeple people and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, I very quickly saw it's like, no, no, we're both sleeping, but in different ways. You know, oh, you, yeah. could, you could call this higher energy, but you could also call this more dangerous energy. And in the last year, I learned to see how it's, uh, you know, it's a predator-prey balance that you can observe in nature. I know we're going to talk about nature because that's a big subject of yours. And, uh, you know, we have in humanity, uh, um, I love your word rehumanize, by the way, because that's exactly, that's exactly it. But, uh, you know, so we've got this severe imbalance of the predator and the prey. And, and it makes us as the prey turn into the predator and want to destroy and kill the predator like and and what i've noticed like people want to take down the law system they want to take the police out they want to um you know smash and kill the government uh you, you know it's very very anger and pride driven which is fear driven people don't really realize that because you feel so high and right in in the anger and the pride and so there's, uh, yeah, they, they saw us coming. They knew we were going to be here when they, they uh, fired that, you know, kind of ultimate shot mm -hmm. in 2020. And so there's so much prepared for us, right? Yeah, like yeah. literally waiting for us. Aha, there they are. Because otherwise we do stand a chance at, uh, at, you know, bringing other people to awareness they didn't have 
as well. And I wanted to go back and just talk about the word war that I didn't know etymologically um, meant confusion. Right? Of course, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as a as a, a part of what I do is also business coaching, and I always say that you know, don't confuse your people. You want to you want to be consistent when you're out there with a with a message or you know how you present yourself or even just one piece of one document to the next. You want to make sure that you're not leaving them going like, huh? I thought, thought I was clicking for this and it's something else because the confused mind says no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it walks yeah. away, right? So it's a rare person that will take that confusion and go, oh, I'm going to sort this out and see what are these puzzle pieces and this doesn't belong and oh, missing one. And, you know, not, not everybody has the bandwidth for that. So I appreciate Absolutely. that you do. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, it's a, it's a, a way to mentally torture people is also. to perpetually create confusion because things are so absurd. Like let's say over the, the last two years, the, the restrictions and the re- requirements and rules were so absurd and so illogical that to try and make sense of it uh, was impossible. So, so people would rather just accept it all and stop thinking altogether than allow themselves to be in that confused state of mind, trying to figure it all out, you know? Whereas of course, some of us could see that this is this is part of that psychological warfare, this confusion, and we just rejected it altogether and said, I'm not participating in any of that. But I feel for those who had not yet come to discover the level of deception that, that we're living in, you know, that, that even the whole society and government is based on. So for them, it's all new. Um, about the anger, I wanted to point out that mm-hmm. this is all very conscious as well. Of course, the other side has been following our state of maturity a lot. You know, where are we in our level of consciousness as a humanity? And a lot of us activists, a lot of us who are opposing these rules are still very much in a kind of teenager uh, level of maturity where we want to reject the authority of this perceived parental figure and we want to become independent of it which is brilliant but the way that we're opposing it is still very (laughs) destructive and very rebellious and and when we begin to rebel actually that is us expressing the fact that we are still inferior beings we are still somehow feeling adolescent that we have to rebel against something that we perceive still to be superior to us So when we take it out of that rebellion state of mind and just begin to assert ourselves as equals, as adults who have spiritual maturity, then we don't need to rebel anymore. We can just say, okay, I'm not going with that. I'm going to create this. And you begin to channel all of your vital force into creation and solutions rather than fighting against this authority. So largely the freedom movement hasn't yet figured that out, that it's actually a waste of energy to keep saying no to something that is doing it consciously. They're not going to stop if you say no, no, no. And you're rallying there on the street. Give us back our freedom. You don't need to ask for it. You, you live it by just leaving them to it. <laughs> just let them, you know, just let them devour themselves. It's an insatiable mm. force. That knows no boundaries. So, of course, we are there to champion for our freedoms, but in order to get people on our side. So I'm totally against this idea of, you know, focusing our life force against 
or, or on these perceived authorities, I, I want to ignore them to death. You, you go to your little parasite land. I'm here for you, my fellow sister, my fellow brother, my human being, you know, member of my human family. Come with me. I can show you there's another way. Did you know that we have all these rights? You know, did you know there's another way to live? Did you know you can heal yourself? So getting a little bit out of, <laughs> out of track, maybe with no. that thing, but you know, right on track. it's very important, this maturity. Well, it's actually linked because a lot of the big figures in the controlled op movement are consciously keeping their following in this rebellion state. Exactly. It's not creating any kind of solutions. It's just like reveling in anger and complaining and whining and bitching about things rather than just seeing, okay, we are recognizing the problem. We're diagnosing this spiritual sickness. And now how do we remedy it? How do we remove ourselves from that? Mm-hmm. So Brilliant. I always envision controlled op as a chessboard, black and white. Black is the problem and white is the solution that they want you in this, this little square. Oh. So we need to throw away the chessboard altogether. Stop playing mm. on their, you know, on their turf. I love all of that. That's so good. We might be sisters from a, an, another mother or something. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about, I consider myself a pattern hunter. I, I work with archetypes and uh, I, I see that you, you speak archetypes as well. That's so great. And uh, it, to me, it's tapping into the order in nature. It's highly ordered. It's not disorder. Um, it, can somebody remind me how to, how to say this from the Bible? It's like God is not the, the God of confusion. There's a, I, I always uh, mess that up, but it, it's so true. Absolutely. That, you know, if you just look to nature inside yourself, that's nature too. And you start to tap into the patterns of both the, um, you know, the, the things that you're aware of, things that you appreciate and you love and all of those things that you don't, that you can't see. So it's tricky, right? When you can't see, it's pretty hard to to go to work on that. But if you set your sight on the patterns and not on like patterns inside yourself, and then you start to see them in other people quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love your 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 speech about the rebel. That's one of the archetypes in my um, my book on the hero's journey. That I'm a born rebel. My first word was no. <laughs> That's the first thing I ever said. And, you know, it has a place, but it's not the destination. So you're exactly right that, you know, once you've you've announced that you're not consenting, you're not going along with it, then what? You, if, you, if you just keep on with that, you are actually fueling, I know I'm just repeating what you said, but you're fueling the opposition. Excellent metaphor about playing on their black and white chessboard. And we know kind of what that symbolizes and, and leads back to as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, as this empire falls and crumbles, then whose responsibility is it to create civilization? That would be us. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, yeah, it, it took a while, but my flip has happened where I spend 90% of my time now in the creative zone. Uh, and, you know, just forgive me, everybody. If you send me a video about how scary things are out there, I'll probably give it a scary face. But I'm not. I'm not looking in. I know. I know enough scary now, and I, I actually trust that if I really need to know something, that it's gonna it's gonna come to me one way or another. I'll I'll see it, and uh, I'll be guided in that direction. But yeah, it's a, it's a time to create, and you can use that rebel energy 
as a creative force, right? Because the oh, rebel yeah. doesn't mind uh, walking away from the familiar and the comfortable and all that kind of thing. So that's a superpower that you can use yeah. when you're not just railing against the machine. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like some of us have been that been that way. I remember in school, I was always the one who was like questioning the, the teachers, like, why, why is it that way? And what makes you think that? And I always got bad marks for not respecting the teachers enough because I was questioning their authority. So I think some of us have like been very used to being the, the weirdo or the crazy one, you know, or the, the difficult one because we did not conform so easily. And that has been, uh, you know, a great asset in this time that we've felt comfortable saying no. And that you're right. That is the, fir the first step. And, but then after that, what do we say yes to? We have to know what the yes looks like as well. Like I remember when the, the convoy movement started and it, it came to Finland as well, where my motherland, where I'm from originally. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had big requirement that the government must step down and we're going to stay there until that happens. And I was part of this, this kind of council that was talking to these activists and, and trying to put across the message. But, but then what? What are you? What are you trying to achieve with this this requirement that that the government steps down? Then who comes? Who comes? You know, like, do you realize that this is not a solution? Even if, like, maybe that's ideal. Maybe that's what the globalists would love is for all national so-called sovereign nations to step down and 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 there to be one world governance, or that they would have immediately their own puppets to to replace you know whatever old uh, politicians there were. So. We have to be so aware of what does that chessboard look like. For me, it really helps a lot to, to keep my eye on, on a visualization of things. So, so what is that? That is a paradigm. It's a way that we've used to, you know, build our societies and, and to deal with each other and, and commerce and trade. And, and everything that we have in our society is now in that, in that playing field. But we know that it's all wrong. We know that they've infiltrated everything, the education system, the, the healthcare, sick care, pharma, you know, industry. We've, we know everything has become inverted and distorted. So mm -hmm. the solution has to be something else. Mm -hmm. So we can't, if, we, if we, we're now discovering that the allopathic, you know, medical field is a tool of genocide. And I'm not saying this lightly, I mean it tool of genocide and this was tried and tested in the 40s in germany and we all know who they were and what they did and the nuremberg trials was not uh, any kind of true court justice it was a relocation of certain individuals to other places of power around the world oh so say more about this yeah that was the blueprint and now this is the 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 full expression of what they tried and tested then and so if we know that the medical system is a tool of genocide, then do we seriously think that there's pharmaceuticals that we can trust? And I say I have zero trust in that. I had a quick revelation yeah. the other day about, uh, you know, because people think, oh, yes, they might recommend try this drug, it worked. But it's, it's, uh, it's also temporary. So if you talk to them in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or maybe a couple of years of being on that, they'll be like, oh, wow, sicker than ever, side effects. Oh, can't get off the medication, all wow. the complications, the compounding co uh, medications and complications. 
And uh, and yeah, the Nuremberg trials was nothing but a joke. Okay, can can you talk about this as well? And that's why everybody's appeal or many people who have appealed to the Nuremberg trials have got nowhere with it. Yeah, it was a PR stunt, you know, it was, it was a way just to give us the illusion that there is some sort of justice. And, and then, of course, after that, they established the Universal Declaration of Human Rights by the UN, which now we've come to see was a total PR stunt as well. It means absolutely nothing. So it was a way to divert the attention away from what was actually happening, how all those key positions of power were, were being, you know, transferred overseas into positions of power in the United States of America and all across the world. So, so basically why, why I'm saying this is because I see so many freedom doctors and freedom advocating doctors and truth advocating doctors still advocating for pharmaceuticals. I that know. Is that is controlled opposition. Every single one of them is controlled opposition, whether they want it or not, whether they know it or not, but they are. Because they are they are advocating for the old paradigm, which cannot heal. There not, does not exist a single pharmaceutical that is able to heal a human being. They just suppress symptoms. And yes, there are surgeries and other life-saving operations that can be done when it's life and death situation, when you've been in a car crash or something like that. But, but for healthcare, for prevention, all of it is literally just poison. So in this age of information, any doctor that hasn't discovered that yet, who hasn't discovered that iatrogenesis, death by modern medicine, is in the top three cause of death worldwide, you know, they have some serious lack of integrity. Mm -hmm. And I'm sad and shocked to see how many millions of people in the truth community are just worshipping these guys. You know, why don't we talk about natural medicine? Why don't we talk about how our bodies are able to heal ourselves, how there are no such thing as, as pathogens. Yes, there are poisons, there's imbalances, but there's no pathogens. Nature is not our enemy. Exactly. <laughs> so good. I knew I picked exactly the right person to talk to about this subject because that's, that's the thing when you get down to the core of it, you know, I've got uh, a few, a few good friends. So they've been, of course, you know, in, involved in the movement and seeing all of this and doing the research, but, but, but always, um, unfortunately, still listening to those doctors because they, they, they were programmed that they are an authority and they mm -hmm. can't all be wrong. And, you know, yeah, I, I understand there's maybe truth in terrain theory, but I can't totally call all those doctors wrong about virology and uh and medications and stuff you know like so you know good friend oh my dad has covid i'm like no no he doesn't you know and then yeah. the same the, the other friend oh my mom has covid and and i she won't take i uh, i don't know if i should say this probably not but you know the eye eye drug yes. and uh, and it's just like really and and uh you know i'm appreciate she's probably going to complain i'm, I'm uh, yeah, shouting out to her right now about this but it's just it, it's so hard to live down i had a friend who got sick and and he you know, major freedom, truth warrior. And he's, he's, I have COVID and I'm like, no, 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 let's, let's go back on this and just look at the fact I'm very sorry you're sick, very sorry that, that your mom is sick and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're sick of something, but, but yeah, you can't prove germ theory to me. This is, this is a, a hill I can, I feel like I could die on no problem. Yeah. And, uh, and the drugs are poisoning. Mm -hmm. And and then it it gets us away from that ultimate responsibility for our own health and well being. 
that we can have so much control over our health. You have no idea mm-hmm. if you're still turning to practitioners, you know, but you know, in the natural health world, there's always a time. Like I called my lady yesterday, energy's a little low. We're being poisoned more than ever in our spring here. And uh, so time to go and, you know, do some cleaning out. And I know that that's the cure. I've seen it a thousand times. Survive, yeah. survive my death that way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they tried to kill me really hard. And I finally went, oh, okay, I get it now. This is, this is not uh, healing in, in any way. Although there's, you know, some where cancer is concerned, there were certain things, you know, uh, drugs do kill cancer and that, that can be good to just uh, start clearing the slate. There's, there's things anyway, that's a a whole different subject. If, uh, if it was done in a, in a, in a natural context. But that, that's very important. What you said about the, the killing, because this is how it is so perfectly part of the controlled, you know, field of, of the paradigm that, that we have been living in because it's all based on killing, you know, it, it's, it's the warring killing mentality in the medical system as well. You, you cut off the diseased thing, you, you burn it, you nuke it, you, you, you cut it out, you kill it, you know, with, with, with drugs. So it's, it's a very, yeah, like enemy way to see dis-ease, which when you start understanding the way nature works and the way, you know, harmony and and balance manifests you don't heal something by killing something else (laughs) and this is actually something funny just to mention that when when i first started apprenticing with the indigenous people some were saying to me that you it's impossible to do that as a vegan that you have to eat fish that that you cannot survive in the jungle just eating plants and I was trying to find out if there were any other Western apprentices or, or indigenous people who'd, who'd done these long periods of isolation and fasting without eating the fish. And I found no one, but I said, well, I will be the first one then because I know that in order to learn how to heal, you don't have to kill. Like it just does not make sense to me. And so the, the same, and it turned out that I actually learned things very fast because I was on the plant-based diet. And in the end, a lot of people commented on that, like that's actually a really good thing to do when you're learning in the indigenous way, when you're fasting and, and long periods of isolation. So, so this, this mentality of getting rid of a problem by killing it, this is part of the issue of our modern worldview and, and the old paradigm that we want to get out of. So we're not going to get anywhere if we arrest Bill Clinton or or do this or that that's yeah perhaps that's something we can do but that's not gonna that's not gonna take care of the problem if if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I always envision that if if we ever get to do something with these guys we put them in some like wetsuits and make them clean the oceans and and we have like some electric (laughs) collars on them and if they do something bad they get a little electric shock so they we could harvest them to be part of the solution to, to heal this earth but we, by killing them, we don't achieve anything. So again, it's, it's the mindset of, of how do these influencers and big leaders, what kind, of, what kind of solutions are they presenting? Are they presenting something just to get rid of A, B, or C? Or are they aware of the holistic components of how do we create solutions? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like following the body's model with, um, you know, having had cancer and had tumors, what my body was very intelligent to take this, uh, you know, diseased part of my body and contain it. 
to put it to put it in a place where it wasn't going to harm the rest of my healthy body and mm-hmm. and that's wisdom right so then then we want to come on and and to me it's actually not wrong because the same way that um maybe you, I, I don't know if anybody does colon therapy it's it's one of my favorites right so it's not killing it's not about killing the toxicity but it's about taking pressure off what otherwise might take a very long time you know if we mm-hmm. put those guys in jail good but does it solve our problem no then we then we have yeah. the systemic right it doesn't solve our problem but would it take pressure off of us oh yeah, yeah. right if people weren't trying to kill us all every day all day that would be amazing yes. <laughs> i would yeah. love that right yeah. so it, it you know so that it, it, it and i love this year has really brought me into a new relationship with death and killing and i agree like the creator is not one that um, creates pathogens i, I just want to finish with the bioweapon Fear porn, like, you know, this is, this is to me, uh, like, yes, more poison that if there's any, if there's any bioweapons, you know, I don't know how you feel about that side of things, but I just think it's, it's nothing to, you know, again, it's self-responsibility, take care of yourself. You're not going to be vulnerable. Why does one person go down? The other doesn't. There are reasons Mm -hmm. for that. But, uh, but, you know, the ability to, to see that um, like death and life are not opposites to each other, that death is a very important big part of life and nature. Without it, we don't have any cycles of life, right? We just came through our winter, everything died. Now there's little sign. I just saw a pot outside of mine that uh, I was about to pull the dead stuff out. And I went like, wait a minute, that's life. How do I know the difference between just, you know, um, something that's, that's rotting into the earth that will, will benefit the soil, and, and this life force and, and the evil that we're dealing with. I was actually so glad to hear you talk about, um, you said on a, on a video I was watching yesterday about, um, you know, how we have, oh, what was it? I think I made a note about, about evil that can be very, a very common misunderstanding. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe you can just talk about that. Darkness, about like there's the sacred darkness, yeah. which is in service to growth and rebirth always, which is part of the natural balance. And then there's the evil. And what it truly means is that it serves nothing and no one. And so I liken it to like poison. So when you have poison and you pour it in nature, it can cause nothing good. It will just destroy everything. So spiritually, that that's what's happening now, you know, with this this isn't part of some cosmic balance of good and, you know, good yeah. and light and darkness. Like, no, no, there, there, there are kinds of darkness, this unnatural darkness, this evil that doesn't belong here. Same way, like the poison doesn't belong in the nature. So that's mm-hmm. probably what you were talking about. Exactly that. Yeah. Cause otherwise you can spiritualize and go, Oh yeah, it's all meant to be that they're trying to kill us. And so we become strong yeah. spiritual warriors and yeah, thank you for that. Cause that, that's just a, that's such a common misunderstanding. Yeah. Because there is life is always going to test us and make sure that we're strong in other ways. You know, there are, we cannot avoid pain in this, in this life. Even if we lived in a, an indigenous tribe, you know, somebody will die And it will affect the whole tribe and and there will be grief and pain. There can be accidents, there can be fires, there can be, you know, uh, an encounter with a wild animal that doesn't Mm -hmm. end well. So it's Mm -hmm. it's not to say that if if we don't have this evil, that there wouldn't still be pain in our lives, that that is part of our journey of growth. Of course, we can alchemize it, we can transmute it, we can grow. But then there is such acts of evil that 
that just destroy i mean the profession i'm in the the spiritual work you know the the sacred healing arts we have guests coming in with such horrendous trauma that it's uh unspeakable what they've had to go mm -hmm. through you know victims of ritual abuse and stuff like that and and, and yeah. you tell me that's part of the natural order of things or part of the balance it is not that there's evil here that must be casted out and so th this whole spiritual bypassing, you know, new age, la la land, uh, that that's toxic, that that is enabling this kind of behavior. And, and it's it's totally dishonoring and disrespecting victims of, of these things. And that's another thing is the whole spin on the victimhood. Now, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to be a victim of anything anymore. It's always about, oh, take self-responsibility. No, there still can be victims here. <laughs> you know, there's, it's okay to say this is wrong and I was hurt and I am a victim of this thing. You know, you can't always blame the person and say you should have known better. You know, you, we have to put more, it has to be more balanced than that. We have to understand that the aggressors have a lot of responsibility as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I, I treat responsibility to be more of a tool and a technique rather than making truth out of it. And, uh, you know, satanic ritual abuse, as, as an example, I don't know why people, uh, not, not a whole lot of them, but some came out of the woodwork for me to help them with that. Uh, I didn't even know about it. I was, you know, I, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Whatever that is, it doesn't sound good. And then discovering and going down that rabbit holes is absolutely devastating to see, you know, what, uh, what people are capable of. It's, it's hard, it's, it's hard to give them that, that title of, of humanity or, you know, how that happens. I know I spent a lot of, a lot of time thinking about, about evil and what that is. And, uh, mm -hmm. In my work, I help people to awaken shadows, which which really just means that it's what they don't see about themselves can come to the light, and they can make new choices based on on the knowledge, the authentic, much more authentic expression that can happen there. And and then, so how does evil interact with that shadow? And and uh, one of my colleagues, Jacqueline Milne, who I highly recommend to everybody all the time. Uh, she says that, uh, or she doesn't say that, but she was just suggesting the possibility that the the shadow and 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 the evil, um, it's it's kind of like the soul, it's a soul to soul feet, a soul a soul of the feet, um, like the Bible says that that uh, evil is nipping at our heels. There's a there's a kind of foot thing that the 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 shadow and the and the evil have more potential to interact than our awakened aware side because we're like oh wrong <laughs> that's just wrong whereas when things are hidden from us and we have our own hidden motivations then it can it, it's it's more vulnerable to following something that that is outright evil mm -hmm. yeah anyway just had to share that thought and um so is there any I was going to ask you about history of controlled op, if there's any, we talked about the Nuremberg trials, if there's anything else, but um, we talked about why this, the strategy exists in the first place. Let, let's talk about now the nuts and bolts of, of actually recognizing controlled op. What are the patterns to look for? Because the, these are, these are flawless. Once you start seeing them, you see them everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I would say that, um, whole paradigm thing so always ask yourself is this uh, movement or is this this influencer or this cause taking me towards something evolutionary or is it 
revolutionary? Is it based on a revolving of the same old paradigm? So where is the direction going? You know, is it still based in the same monetary system? Is it still based in the same pharmaceutical worldview? Is it still championing statism? You know, the, the immoral uh, belief in, in false authority? Is it still advocating um, UN and these, these large, uh, you know, um, international horrendous tools of tyranny that are now um, taking over humanity, basically? Where, where is it guiding us? Where is it directing us? So I would always go first to that. What, what is the direction? And then I would look at what is it doing to the message? Because oftentimes they take over an existing social justice movement or, or uh, a freedom movement. And they begin to slowly introduce other ideas into it. So like environmentalism, which you'd be mad not to agree with that. Of course, we have to protect our environment. There's nothing wrong with that. We have to protect Mother Earth. But now it's been laced with this whole climate uh, hysteria. And without properly going into the science of it and understanding what is CO2 and, and how they have just created this entire spell out of this one particular gas, um, you may buy it and believe it and say, okay, so we, wow, wow, we have this problem with the CO2 and now we need to become carbon neutral. Not understanding that trees need carbon to live. <laughs> the entire earth thrives on carbon. That's what we exhale. But I think that this is what is linked with the whole uh, airborne pathogen thing is also the climate thing because both is to do with breath. So they're, they're mm. spiritually attacking our life force and our spirit, which is breath, right? Breath, spirit is breath. And hence so, the masks. Exactly, which is another way to, to block that. Mm -hmm. But so environmentalism is now laced with this climate action. And sadly, they are taking even indigenous tribal leaders to be their little mascots and faces of this, this movement because... You know, they are so desperate to be recognized and so desperate to get help to protect their lands from all this deforestation and this, this mass factory farming that they love that they're finally getting their voices heard. But they don't realize that they're, the only reason they're giving them a voice is so that they can purport this, this climate propaganda. So yeah. th th that's what they do. They, they take something. Oh, now people are concerned about the Amazon. Oh, no. Uh, well, let's let's make sure that we use that to get our cause of this carbon hysteria everywhere so that then we can justify all these rising taxes and perhaps the climate lockdowns and, and whatever else that they are creating under this green eco fascism, this this tyranny. Exactly. And I wanted to jump in about CO2. I've been learning a little bit of, of regenerative agriculture, regenerative agriculture, very different system. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, taking permaculture to a whole new level and, and really working with the land and the animals. And, uh, you know, who knew that that plants create soil? Right. So the psyop is that our soil is blowing away. Well, guess what? It's for lack of plants. <laughs> 
because that's they're not in there and then and then they scare us with with the gas co2 there's nothing wrong with with the gas we're in a closed system i don't know how, how you feel about about that but you know it, it it's all there what we need god has given everything nothing mm. is missing it's just been displaced because there's not the the plants in the earth to hold on to the carbon where it's it's functional as part of that is a constant exchange from the mm. earth but but so much of it is is in the air where it shouldn't be not not serving the the plants so it's there's nothing wrong with co2 and then isn't it fascinating how they went right to confusion with the mask because all you're doing is is breathing your own co2 all day long poisoning the crap out of yourself and then and then just one more layer of of that uh dissonance where you can't if you think then you're going to go hmm you know like just take this thing off mm -hmm. yeah i know it's 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 unbelievable that people accepted that i i still find it incredible that that was the level of of obedience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and like we talked about uh, earlier, now the weather demic coming down the line, Manitoba is uh, is is flooded. I've got friends evacuating. Uh, you, you know, I went go out into the country, and it looks like a lake on either side of all the roads, and and uh, some towns look like islands right now. And, and this is actually a product of de of desertification because the, a healthy land would not um, just gloss over like that, turn into, you know, hard mud that, that, that water couldn't drain through. If, and you can see there are, there are uh, fields that are not underwater. Why is that? And they all have, uh, you know, the dead last year's plant material in it, rather than having been tilled, like regenerative agriculture is no-till agriculture. Not, you know, mm. ripping the land up and, and starting fresh every year. That's a kind of uh, you know, rape of the land, actually, because here's what, you know, God already worked things out for us, <laughs> how things can work yeah, out. Yeah. So. And then, and then the, the realness, or I'm talking so much, I'm going to ask you questions next. Uh, but, but just the, so it's easy when they come with a boogeyman virus and, uh, and then you realize, oh yeah, God doesn't create pathogens. Everything's right in my favor. I just have to take care of my own little terrain here. And, um, but with the weather, it's different, right? Like, because the, when the flood comes, you got to, you, you can't go, someone said climate hoax. And it's like, yeah, but it's a different kind of thing because it, the, the threat is much more real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the best psyops is that they, the, the way they create them is that they have real life victims as well. You know, so th this it's undeniable, you know, when they create these, these floods, people are going to suffer, you know, there's houses going to be flooding and, and the same with the war that is happening right now between Ukraine and Russia you know, mm -hmm. the it's absolute global theater, but there are real life victims, families being displaced. You know, there are people dying also. So it's this is the danger of when, when we begin to talk about this kind of false flag events and, and psyops when there are real people suffering from it. So we, we have to be so conscious of the languaging that we use because there are people who think that we thought that the pandemic meant that nobody died. Of course, people died, but they died of other reasons. And the reason why we wanted to get into is there a virus or not? What are they giving people in the hospitals? Uh, was because we actually care about human life so much. And we wanted to prevent death as much as we possibly could. 
but, but there was no space for that, of course, that, that we weren't allowed that platform to bring those questions to the people. So what, what they did, what they're desperate to do always is to demonize us and make our side of the story, our message as scary and as, as crazy as possible. So we have to make sure that we don't give them any more ammunition, any more ingredients for that narrative with our language, which is why I never called, uh, when I was interviewed, for instance, for the mainstream media, I never called the pandemic a hoax. I was just questioning it. And I said, it's a human rights crisis. Mm. I said, this is a crisis on our rights. But I never used yeah. the word hoax because when people do die, not from any cold, any like virus or anything like that, but when they die in the hospital from the ventilator or because of they got remdesivir or, or whatever, radiation poisoning, then it's so harmful and, and, and hurtful for the families to hear us calling it a hoax. So we, yeah, we have to pay attention to the way we speak about these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's so much in there. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it, yeah, so if we talk about a, a few more signs that I've noticed, here's, here's one thing that's a bee in my bonnet. Turn on a video and within 12 seconds, I know, uh, because of the production value, right? So the, the average person like you and I that, uh, you know, we're doing videos and thanks for StreamYard to make this look somewhat professional for me. And, uh, but you can see that they've put a lot of time, energy and expense I know from my days in marketing what goes into media and mm -hmm. you got the creepy uh, soundtrack in the background, <laughs> right? To make you feel like, it, and, and I know also like maybe a video will make me cry and I'm like, oh, they're manipulating me. I know, mm -hmm. I know that, or, you know, obviously I have feelings and, and things will reach me, but music makes a big difference. So what do you notice on this side? Any, any pointers? Yeah, I, I, I do. Well, you know, of course, sometimes it can be such visceral and touching message of truth that it makes us cry also. So I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't say that everything that evokes emotion is manipulative. Yes. But, but yes, absolutely, you're right in the production value thing. So sometimes I have people, I have to say, say that why is she doing her interviews in the bedroom? A couple of times people have said, well, I don't have a studio building. If someone would like to sponsor one for me, I would gladly accept it. But <laughs> yes, I have, <laughs> you know. And I think I think it's a lot to do with also what you are giving to the community. So this high production value, and then also advertisement of a lot of stuff that you're selling. Nothing wrong with making a living, of course. But when you see that the individual is only marketing themselves rather than lifting others up and using their, their sphere of influence, you know, their, their, their community to help other people's voices get heard as well, then you know it's just this one rising power that wants everything, concentration of power, concentration of fame, concentration of wealth, and that's that whole pyramid, old paradigm, you know? Exactly. So yeah, absolutely, that, that is, that is a, a bit of a red flag when it's like, tons and tons of money being poured into something that doesn't need to be so expensive that money could be used for something much more important something real yes exactly yeah yeah we don't need that anymore like you know a lot of us are off tv we're not we're not expecting high production values we want the goods the good yeah. you know the real information real people real support here's another one that i notice is that you know all you have to do is look after you watch 
somebody's video, look how you feel. Do you have more energy or do you have less energy? Did mm -hmm. it give you what, you know, what you need to create your life or did it suck the life right out of you? Yeah. Was it draining? Yeah, absolutely. There, there are some that just leave you always in this like gasping place of desperation and doom that <laughs> you listen to them and you're like, oh my God, we have no hope left. <laughs> and, and it's, yeah, yeah. Another thing also that we have to pay attention to is this false hope. So exactly. it's like black magic and white magic, you know, black magic is spells of destruction and then white magic is spells of, of you know, illusion of, of goodness. So the same with this, you can have people that are creating false hope. But I always like to say that a positive lie is just as toxic as a negative lie. So if you lie that something is something great when it isn't, that's just as dangerous. So when you have movements that are purporting that we have this cause, we are going to take down this, you just need to put this much money into this lawsuit, and then they make a great $9 million, you know, crowdfunding campaign in a couple of weeks, you got to ask, okay, how is this money coming in so quickly? Where is it going? What about all the families that have been starving for two years? How come there was no money for them? But now there's all this money for this one cause. And again, it's that concentration of wealth. But yeah, so false hope, that's another one for me that I've been paying attention to a lot with the work that I'm doing. For instance, with the police for freedom, at no point have I ever claimed that we have majority of police on our side. Absolutely not. I keep saying it's a very small minority, but the influence of one awake cop is brilliant. And, and so much can be done in terms of education with a very small team. So you don't need a lot of numbers and you don't need to fool anyone to think that you have a lot of numbers, that you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in your movement and you're doing this and that when, when there is no substance there. So that's another thing that I would pay attention to is when people give you grandiose promises and, and they are they are asking something from you for it, you know, give us the money and we'll take care of it for you. So it, it goes down to, of course, again, self-responsibility, which is the, the word of our time. I feel everyone's talking about it when it comes to law or, or anything, self-responsibility. So same with this false hope scenario of course we can talk about trump and the q and and this whole movement the way that is exactly the same blueprint as operation trust of the bolshevik era how they use that same narrative so that they could track who are anti-government resistance and then use them pacify them with this narrative of of just trust you know there's the plan coming we have these white hats in positions of power and, and you don't need to do anything. You just need to trust us. We, we've got it. So this savior complex thing is one way that you can find the controlled op. You know, maybe it's yeah. not so obvious, but but I, I, I trust people who are asking you to do your part because then you know that they don't have some kind of ulterior motive to get you to, you know, give something to them so they have more power but say, no, the ball's in your hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. And that's the, you know, back in the days of, of uh, the church, or I, I did a lot of traveling in India and, and some people would worship by just going and uh, giving uh, some rupees to the, um, not the priest, um, 
gosh, my mind just went blank, but the, you know, the person who was, who was taking care of the temple and then they just go on with their life and think it was handled. I, I paid off the, I paid off the, somebody I can't, I can't remember, but, uh, yeah. and, and, and now I can just go and do my, my life as normal and, and business as usual. Somebody else has it handled. I remember I, I talked to somebody in last summer about, uh, studying the law and you can't really force anyone to do that. You can lead the horses to water and that's, all, that's about it. But, uh, mm-hmm. she's like, oh man, I'm so glad you are doing that. Cause I'm never going to, I'm just so glad you're doing it. You're really taking <laughs> care of this for all of us. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, yeah. that's why I'm studying. Cause I realized nobody could do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I have to just echo what you're talking about in law also, right? This is something you can see, especially over time. We've got a long time to look back now and see who was blowing air, who was saying, oh, big results in two weeks. Oh, big results in two weeks. Oh, two weeks later, big results in two weeks mm-hmm. and nothing, nothing, nothing. And we have we have all kinds of Canadians here. This is one of the the hills I might be willing to die on is about the Canadian Bill of Rights versus the Canadian Charter, which was definitely a psyop in 1983 when they realized that Bill of Rights came from people who were predicting this time what we were going to be facing, the war we were going to be in. Uh, you know, making a foundation for rights based on the Christian faith as a Christian nation. And that, that it doesn't matter whether you go to church or you, you know, believe in God. But if you agree with the, the Christian values of basic right to speaking and assembling and, and, you know, moving your body freely, all mm-hmm. of these kind of things, which we all do agree with that, then they knew that they had to come and, and do a little switch-o, change-o, um, you know, spell us with this other document. So all of the controlled op have used the charter consistently in the the cases and one uh, pardon me lost every single time oh, right wow. yeah and what does that do it get it, it makes us feel hopeless oh we can't get any justice there's no justice in the system they'll mm-hmm. say oh yeah the bill of rights doesn't the the charter has superseded the bill of rights absolutely not mm-hmm. that's that's just dead wrong so i just wanted to say that yeah that's a brilliant example absolutely mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. What, what other kind of patterns do I notice? Um, we talked about like they take you a lot of the way. They don't take you all the way. The, the, the perpetuating, we, I'll just repeat it, the perpetuating of the germ theory. This is a big thing because, you know, again, you can have so much uh, truth in something, but then, then you see that little sliver, right? They can, be, they can be just right on about everything, but then they need us. Maybe I'll ask this as a question. Why do they need us to continue to be- believe in germ theory? <laughs> yeah, so they can perpetuate the same kind of medical warfare over and over and over again, and that they can keep us enslaved, you know, enslaved, because they, they don't want us to discover our own healing potential, that we can heal ourselves, and that nature is not something to be afraid of. But this is all connected to the transhumanism. So they, they want to take absolute control over everything, not just us, but nature too. And they are declaring war against nature. And one way of them doing that is to make us fear nature. And this is already something that we've had way before this this virus narrative. You know, Mm -hmm. how many of us have been scared of insects? You know, I I always see that that is one of the biggest signs of how far away we have fallen from nature's is our our fear of connection with the, the tiny ones. You know, the little creepies and crawlies who are the pollinators 
who are the mother earthers, mother earth's fertility machines, you know, we need them, but we're afraid of them. So they've already used a lot of symbology and movies. And this, this goes to the black magic side of things, but they've made us afraid of insects. So that's already one step of separation, a degree of separation from earth. And now they have this pathogenic story where you have to disinfect everything. So there, there's a belief that somehow everything is diseased and dirty around you. So you have to use this poison to, to wash your hands a bit like Pilates, you know, did when, when Christ was being crucified. So I always see it as a sign of, of letting go of responsibility when people are doing this. It's like ah, they're part, they're part yeah. of that choice, you know, like I don't take part. So yeah, that, that, that pathogenic story is, is, is a way to make us scared of nature, be, be afraid of nature. And then of course, human nature, breathing, touching, and they want to make everything genetically modified. They want to create these human free zones in the future. We will be concentrated in these smart cities, these grids where there is no true nature present at all. Everything is artificial. That's why they're creating all this genetically modified plants. So they wouldn't have any more fruit uh, or seed in the fruit. And then, of course, if we eat seedless fruit, that is information that we're giving to our bodies that our fruits will become seedless as well. So we will mm -hmm. become infertile more and more. And this is already happening. It's been happening the last couple of decades where women's and men's fertility has just been plummeting. But yeah, so they are out to redesign everything because, well, you know this very well. This is a spiritual war. So they want to destroy the original creation. And how do they do that? Is they bring forth this mimicry this, this other organism, which is not created with the divine consciousness, but it's manipulated genetically. And yeah, so that is part of the war of, 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 of everything that is happening. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, just to uh, add to that or emphasize what you've already said is that our bodies are mostly microbiome, right? And so how convenient to make that an enemy. Then, yeah. then, then your enemy is truly always with you. And your point about washing your hands, ooh, that's deep, right? Washing your hands of the, of the sin that's taking place to, you, yeah. to yourself, to, to your brother. So yeah, that's, that's really deep. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very good. And so do you want to talk about examples? This is where the, the discussion can get a little dicey because, uh, you know, just calling people out, especially for me on my intuition, Right. Yeah. <laughs> I won't like, name any names. Yeah. Uh, I can tell right. some examples of uh, mm -hmm. a couple of interesting stories. So, especially in the in the police for freedom movement that I've been running. So, my role in that has been to interview the the police that want to start chapters in their countries. And uh, since I've been an activist for many years, and I have a very strong nose when it comes to who's being real and who isn't, I've I've been good in that position. And we've had a couple of interesting ones. One was uh, a lady who wrote to me an email and had this like stunning CV where she was a former diplomat of, of US and she was a journalist. She was this and that, like incredible stuff. And that she wants to meet me and where do I live? And she's in Spain. And okay, well, I wouldn't, of course disclose my where I am my, my location but I said okay I can meet you in the city 
and we agreed a place to meet. And in the letter, she had told me that she's American, but I meet her and she has a Russian accent. And I asked her, oh, where's your accent from? And she said, from the States. I said, were you born in America? And she said, yes. I said, well, how come you have an Eastern accent? And she would not, she would not tell me. I was like, okay, that is bizarre. So lack of transparency, that is one big, huge red flag. We should have no reason to, to you know, undisclose any information from each other. Like the, the transparency has to be an absolute value when it comes to teams, when it comes to building and collaboration with anybody. So she would not tell the origin of her, her um, accent. And then the, the next part was that she wanted to have a lot of information of everything that we have planned. So just because she had this amazing uh, re you know, resume, she immediately assumed that I trust her. So this is something a lot of them do, the control.people do. They, they have such a stunning CV that they believe that that is going to bypass any kind of screening from you. So because they think they're going to be such a valuable asset to your work, then you're not going to be questioning them or you're, you're not going to be you know, wondering whether you should trust them or not. So for me, that's always a huge big red flag. If someone comes with so much merit that they immediately assume that you're going to have to trust them and, and volunteer all this information to them. So yeah, I didn't I didn't give her anything, and, and in the end, I uh, I said it's not going to work out, and that it, I, there's no uh, job for her that I can figure out, and I just cut it immediately. And another case was similar, <clears throat> but this guy was better. He was more transparent, but what he was doing was was something more dangerous, I would say. So he purported to be extremely experienced as well you know having worked decades in very influential positions within the police in different parts of the world and uh because i'm not a cop he would always use that against me so whenever we would have strategic decision making he wasn't involved for very long in the movement but for for the time that he was whenever we would have internal meetings and we talk about strategy he would always dominate me by saying that you're not a cop and that you don't know about this you should listen to me because I have, you know, X amount of experience in this and that influential place. So they always use their title. They always use their kind of um, perceived sense of power and they belittle you and they try and dominate you energetically. And just because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know their worth. It, wor it works. I'm sure it works for majority of people that they will feel belittled and they'll feel, well, who am I? I'm, I'm not a, a murder investigative or I'm not, I haven't put major judges in prison yeah I don't know okay so I'm just gonna let this guy take over no you don't do that you know who you are your real worth as a human being as a sacred soul and these titles mean nothing if you have strong intuition that is your your superpower so that is your gift that you have to protect and guard so I was adamant and not going with what he was trying to do so he was trying to change our, our moral code so we have this thing, which is one of the things that I recommend for everyone. If you have a movement, if you have a, a cause, a team, a project, anything that with the founding members, with the first people that you, you know, you create this collaboration with, that you have very strong and detailed and clear values and strategies that you all agree to uphold. 
Because then if you don't do that, then it's so easy to tell who is with you, who is not. So we established this kind of moral code. And part of that was natural law, that that is at the root, at the foundation of police or freedom. It must be. And this guy, he wanted to take that away. And uh, so he wanted to come into the movement and influence the very thing that is there to be the bulletproof uh, protection for our movement, that it doesn't become co-opted. So he, with this high merit, wanted to come in and remove that away. And he didn't manage to do that. He got kicked out. So that's something that we have to pay attention to is when we have a mission statement, make it bulletproof. Think of all sides. What are the possible ways for people to come and infiltrate? Do I have it covered here? So for us, it's very detailed. We, we have very detailed code of conduct, not to say that we control how people behave, but there are things that we all, all uphold and we agree to, to make sure that whatever we do is moral and, 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 and that it's not going to reflect badly on any of us. And this guy couldn't agree with that. So he was out. So this moral code served its purpose actually right there. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I had a coach once tell me that uh, an ounce of pre-frame is worth a pound of reframe. So if you, <laughs> if, if you go into it and, and have a very yeah. clear say, okay, this is what we do here. And, and you're, you're, you're always training people. This is what we do here. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's somebody in my world right now in the chat and everything. And then they're coming on real strong to, to give us, his perspective in law. And we're not doing that here. We're just mm -hmm. not doing that. And yeah. so if you're not, and, and that's another thing that if people come in and, and they only want to proselytize and they want to convince you and change mm -hmm. your mind. Yeah. And it, it's like, you're wasting our time. We've already decided on, a, on an approach here. Yeah if, yeah. if your approach is so good, go and, and create your own movement. <laughs> your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Go, yeah. Create your own movement, your own groups, your own take yeah. responsibility for everything, guide people, lead people, and then see if they come. If they do, great. I'm happy yeah. for you to yeah. some extent. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, because obviously it doesn't yeah. agree with my morals. It, it comes, mm -hmm. it, it really does come down to that. I love yeah. that you're so, uh, you have that, that uh, top of mind in terms of, of who you're associating with. And uh, I want to go back also, you talked about like these grandiose CVs. Here's another, that's mm -hmm. to me, another way to, to discover who the, the controlled are, op are. Go and read what they've accomplished. It usually takes three, five, seven lifetimes to do mm -hmm. what they say they've done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, there's no way. <laughs> there's Absolutely. just no way. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, one more sign I wanted to say that... Um, the uh, the characters on the stage, you know, especially a couple in, in Canada that um, they're they're supposedly activists in law and they're you know coming up against police and getting all the tickets and everything, and then you see the clip of them uh, railing and and having a tantrum on the police and and flipping out, being like a you know two year old or teenager at very best, and you know for a fact that they would be creamed in that. That would give the police rights to do all kinds of terrible things to them. They would never uh, just be able to demonstrate, oh, this, you know, so then people watch this and go, oh, yeah, then I just act like a two-year-old and and that's how you deal with police, right? So if you come across any yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. I've seen people, you know, uh, in Finland, there was just recently a demonstration where a couple of guys that I'm, I'm sure are at least influenced by con controlled up if themselves are not controlled up were uh, inducing people to throw snowballs at the police and to police horses at police horses 
So this kind of clown behavior, uh, you know, inducing other people to do that, it's definitely infiltration as well you know, to get people lose credibility as well. That's a big part of it. You know, when you make demonstrations into one big drinking fest and, and then you got the mainstream media there, you know, recording that, capturing those moments. And next day it's in the news and you have the, you know, the average kind of decent working mother or father looking at that. They're like, ah, oh, there's no way I ever want to associate with that crowd. That That's one way is to, is to really make it ridiculous and make it very low, you know, very low consciousness behavior. That, that kind of infiltration happens as well, of course. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. Here's another little element that came out of the weekend in Ottawa and the uh, the protest that was there. Well, we've got, you know, I actually interviewed somebody who says, never say the word protest. You're not a protester. That means you're begging the government for permission. Well, guess what happened? They're all out there going, I'm not a protester. They're, then the police are like, okay, here's your ticket for loitering. Here's your, <laughs> here's your ticket for blocking traffic, obstructing <laughs> Right. Because yeah, we yeah. have a fundamental right to protest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can stand up and, and say, no, this is not acceptable. And, and we're not going to continue to support a government that is pushing these mandates. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like it takes away the credibility. You're like, you're just talking. And then, and yeah. then you're just partying, drinking, bouncy castles. And it's, a, you know, I know there's a lot of love in there and everything. And people are actually really taking care of each other. It's almost like, our, our baby steps of building our own civilization or communities, <laughs> right? Yes. Which is when you yeah, go yeah, home, yeah. At, when you go home at the end yeah. of the day, it's still the same life, but uh, yeah, so many, oh man, it's, it's, it's pretty much endless. And uh, you also talked about how people can be controlled up without even realizing it. How, mm -hmm. how do you see that happening? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I want to start by sharing an example from my own life. I was interviewed for a magazine, uh, which I, in order to do that, I required that I get to record the entire thing myself, the audio. So it was for a magazine, uh, the equivalent of the Time magazine in Finland. And mm. it was a three and a half hour interview, which I recorded completely. Everything went fine. Um, but the way that they got me was with the photos. And now this, this is interesting. So a lot of people can become influenced by the journalists and their, the way that they do photography without even realizing that what they're being used to communicate. So at the end of the photo shoot, I was asked if I would cover my eyes and do this, show my one eye. And of course I know what that is, but imagine those who don't know what that is. And I said, oh no, I absolutely do not like the one eye symbol and I don't consent to having any kind of one eye photo of me and I don't want uh, that in the magazine. And they said, well, what about you cover both of your eyes and then we draw an eye on both of your hands? Oh, that's creeping me out. That was so <laughs> creepy. My stomach, my, my stomach churned. Yeah. And I said, why? What, what, is, what is that about? And they said, oh, because, you know, you think that you are the all-seeing one and everyone else is blind. So it would be like a sim symbol of that. I said, like, when did I ever say that? I don't think that. I don't think that at all. There's millions of us who, who know that this, this you know, is wrong, that this is a human rights crisis and, and the government restrictions is, is, you know, devastating. Okay, well, then they didn't take the pictures. But guess what they did? Without my consent, they did manage to get a one-eye picture of me for the magazine show you right here this is the this is the the cover 
And she says, she wow. does not believe in Corona. <laughs> and this is the picture. They did it anyway. Yeah. They did it anyway in away. the wind. They asked me to stand in the wind and they took about 30 pictures of me and they got one. And oh. look, they put this like sewage green freaking filter on me. Yeah. To make me look dangerous and scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this is... Yeah, both, both are very dark. Truth, truth community. This is not to get to the average people, apart from they feel, of course, that this is like a hostile, you know, dark, it's black and white, you know? They took, these pictures are taken during the day in the sunset in a beautiful park because I said how much I love trees, how much I love, love to be in nature. So they agreed, let's do that. But then somehow they managed to get this black and white thing and then the image of me with the with the one eye symbol. So I was like, bastards. So they absolutely know what they're doing. So they can imagine how many people that they are putting to be these like conveyors of esoteric, dark occult symbology without them even realizing. So yeah. that can happen. And then, of course, it can be, you know, association. You, you can be part of a movement that you don't realize is being funded by George Soros or, or whatever foundation uh, or your sponsorship. Where does that come from? Are they starting to have conditions on how you speak, where you speak, what kind of topics you shouldn't maybe bring, you know, how or like what I mentioned earlier, people coming in and wanting to change your mission statement or your website. Maybe you shouldn't have that there. Put it this way. So all different ways that people become manipulated without realizing why it's happening so i'm very much in a kind of a lone wolf in a way that i don't have a lot of people in my close team apart from my husband pretty much because i want to know what is happening and i don't want to give up control to anybody else to decide on my issues i'm the i'm the one the, i'm the queen of my own domain and i like to keep it that way and another way Amen. that they also get you is um they want to get you to start up some kind of huge megalomaniac, you know, ambitious movement. And whenever there's lots of numbers involved, you can be guaranteed that it will be infiltrated because you have no longer control who's in the team, who's doing what. Mm -hmm. So I like to keep things intimate and personal where you have human to human connection. I'm not in any rush. I'm not trying to take over the world. I'm not trying to save the world. I want to have good people by my side who's serious what, what they're doing. They have good morals and I can trust them. And if it takes me 10 years to have a good team, then let it take 10 years. But I'm not going to be rushing around trying to get tens of thousands of people, you know, in this movement and then find out that they're all, you know, infiltrators or that they're going to be violent or whatever, you know, for instance, about police for freedom. I, I, I want the real gems, you know, the, the real true police who are on the side of humanity. I don't want this kind of uh, numbers fanfare where, where you give the illusion that there's a lot of us when most of them are just rubbish or <laughs> not good at all. So there is such a thing as competence and incompetence. And I think this is one of the things of our time. We're so keen to say equality, everyone has the right, this and that. But there are also people who are apt and fit for things and people that are not apt and fit for things. And I think we have to be a lot more discerning when it comes to who do we collaborate with and what are the basic values? Where's the direction going? A lot of dialogue and absolute transparency. And then you can, you know, 
start being sure that the work you're doing is 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 pure and is is clear from any kind of infiltration. Mm, I couldn't love that more. Everything that you just said, amazing points. Yeah, it's so good. And um, I want to talk about everything all at the same time. Here we go. <laughs> um, darn. So then, just got a brain scramble here. Yeah, equality. I know it's such a because that's such a great takeoff point that they've brainwashed us with. It's it's fascinating, like the equality and the diversity. So you got the confusion. There's the war element because mm -hmm. uh, you know Canada is utterly infiltrated with um, foreigners, and that makes me racist. Should I even say mm -hmm. that word? I don't know if that uh, will get mm -hmm. be a buzzword here. Uh, and it's and it's you know it's filling the country with a whole bunch of people who don't understand the values and the morals and the ways of being that our, that our ancestors have passed down. And it's a little freaky, right? So, you know, I can look over my balcony and see a bunch of people beating somebody up and it's definitely talking in some other language. And, uh, you know, the music that used to go by my place was some kind of Western music. Now it's not, it's mm -hmm. some kind of other country's music. And every single delivery person that comes to my door is not from here. You go out into the, the work world now and every, every um, uh, minimum wage job is filled by a not Canadian. Now, it's, it's, I know it's arrogant for me to say that because there's lots of Canadians who are born here. And just by looking at them, you don't know. By hearing them, you often know. Like they say a few words, like you said, and you're Russian. They can't hide anymore. What was she thinking <laughs> that uh, mm -hmm. she was going to pull one over on you? Like mm -hmm. that, like it's just, you know, we, and, and it's not that you wish any harm for those people. It's just that we do belong in our own household, that this is what God intended. It's biblical. And that's where I've spent most of my energy in these last months now in realizing 90% of my time is about building out my private assembly and I don't want it to be thousands of people. I don't have any aspiration for that. I want people who actually align with the values, want to work together, create, be a, be a force amongst ourselves more than we could just be alone, uh, but not as a democracy at mm -hmm. all. Like you said, you know, it, that, that uh, the founder of a, of a private association is the driver of that ship. It's not like, oh, free for all. Now every, it's, it's a democracy or uh, everybody votes. It's, it's an absolutely not like that. So I still have to assume very big responsibility for it uh, and for letting people know what we're doing here. And, and, and I'm treating it now like everybody's in my living, living room right now, even though we're on Facebook and YouTube and Rockfin, this, this is my living room and here's a conduct. And I've got, I've got uh, accused of censoring people and, and I do. It's like that. That's not what we're doing here. Let's go home. <laughs> it's my home. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you come in with your muddy shoes, and mm -hmm. I'm gonna say, "Oh, can you go leave those at the door, or don't come back?" Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we don't have to accommodate bullies. This is something I've also made very clear on my channels that if you if you come there and you are you know sharing lies and being hostile and attacking, then don't expect me to accommodate you in my house. This this goes somewhere else. You know, start your own channel, create all the videos against me you want, whatever. If you want to hate, hate, but you're not welcome in my house. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 exactly. It's a, it's a real distortion of the idea of freedom of speech to think that freedom of speech means that you go into someone's home and start calling them names. <laughs> you know? 
Exactly, exactly. And even if they're just going sideways or it's off topic, right? That, you know, someone's bringing some uh, Freemason kind of, uh, oh shit, I shouldn't say that word either, but, uh, but (laughs) ideas into, into a law group. And, and then, you know, several of us at the same time notice this and we're like, no, actually, this is definitely not what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And they could have come in a humble way and said, I want to learn something more than I already know. But no, mm-hmm. it was, I want to indoctrinate you with all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, so it was like, sorry, you can't be in the group anymore. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't like doing that. I don't like spending my night watching a kind of like knock them down uh, situation like that, but, but I will do it because to preserve the the purpose for every other person that's here and uh, is not trying to, to, um, you know, now this is an inversion too. Like they're, you know, trying to give you their thing, but mm-hmm. they don't really want what you have. They're not there. Yeah. They're not there to learn. No, exactly. There's no exchange. There's no respect, no, no dialogue. It's just mm-hmm. a debate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, very interesting. And um, you talked about in your notes to me about um, how many different dimensions or areas of life in which controlled opposition exists. Do you want to spread some some uh, light on that? Yeah. Oh, my God, I could write several books about that. But just you mentioned Christianity. I think that is one of the best examples is what they do with religion. You know, you have, uh, or any, in fact, Islam, Buddhism, any any sacred tradition, any religion that has existed, there has been a prophet, there has been someone who's highly advanced, illuminated being, who's come to teach the path to peace, or path to enlightenment, or mercy, or, or eternal life, like in the, in the case of Christ. And that message is so potent, so powerful, again, such an amazing remedy for liberation that it is just blossoming and it's spreading like uh, wildflowers everywhere. So the controllers see that and they can't have that. So they have to adopt it and make it theirs. And this is what they did, unfortunately, with the message of Christ as well. And with the all the scriptures that were in his time, of course, there were hundreds. I know at least there's over 200 different scriptures from his time of different teachings, and they only canonized four and put them in the Bible. Where are the others? What happened to all the other elements of his teaching? What happened to him teaching about Mother Earth? What happened to him teaching about reincarnation? Uh, all these different pieces of his sacred doctrine were removed and, and were distilled out. So they have to do that because otherwise, if they try and eradicate it completely, we'll just gain much more energy and people will become martyrs and it will make it even more sacred. And so rather they just take over. And this is what they've done with Christianity. And they've made it a very dull, uh, void of spirit, dogmatic, habitual kind of a hobby thing where you go into church, you, you confess your faith and then you think that's it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with Buddhism. Buddha has become an ornament in your garden. It, it's sold in every cheesiest Chinese, you know, interior design shop. <laughs> yeah. what, what is Buddha? People have no idea about his teachings. Absolutely clueless. Or about Islam, about the sacred heart, Sufism. Does anyone understand the mystical heart of Islam and, and the teachings that are, are so potent and so full of wisdom? No, they've been made into terrorists and these extremists, 
you know so they've done it to every single movement that is taking us towards liberation same with feminism wasn't that supposed to be about women have rights too now, now it's become about oh women should be like men and so we should mm -hmm. annihilate the the sacred feminine in, in within us and, and not be mothers anymore Fe feminism is to to denounce children and right. to denounce motherhood to denounce right. womanhood you know what is that about or, or you know there's so many different about companies how industries take over companies that are doing good and they buy them out and then like dean foods when they bought alpro you know alpro is this this company that makes plant-based milks and then dean foods is the biggest dairy uh industry in, in america and it, then it buys that so when you think you're making a conscious choice and not not funding you know animal cruelty you are. It's just it has another little label in the picture of a soybean, but it's actually funded by the dairy industry. Or, you know, you can you can talk about plants, how they've done it to plant medicine, how tobacco is the oldest medicine of them all. Sacred tobacco. The Native Americans would smoke that. It's in every culture. And now they've commercialized it. They have hybridized it. They've distilled the spirit out where it's no longer medicine but it's a commercial industrial product that actually instead, instead of healing you like it does, the original sacred plant that grows in the Amazon still, the mapacho, it's a healing medicine. But now the one that we are smoking all here in the West, that's a poison. And so rather than healing you, it's killing you. They've done the same to coffee. They've done the same to uh, coca. God forbid what they've done to coca, such an, an amazing ancient medicine. Now they're doing cocaine and crystal meth out of that, crack cocaine. What about cannabis? How they're industrializing that now and mm -hmm. making it genetically modified versions of that plant. Again, distilling the spirit out. So they do it to every single thing that is a vehicle and a liberation tool. And they invert it and distort it and make it into the opposite. They make it into a, a tool of enslavement instead. Yeah, there you go. And you just have that one word for that plant. And then you, you mentally think you're always just dealing with that thing when, when it's really been, you know, and, and it's, and it's a lot of different things because people can come along and reclaim, you know, heritage seeds and, and start, uh, you know, reintroducing that kind of stuff, but you still only have one word and think you're all talking about the same thing. So yeah, a little bit of spelling yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah. Which is sad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. part of the spiritual warfare is to attack these sacred plants there you go there you go so i know we talked about um, some different ways already but is there anything more about if you discovered that your organization your project your community has been infiltrated what kind of strategies do you employ in that case yeah so it depends if it's if it's your personal group that that is happening to there, the prevention method is much more better. But um, if I recently had one of my colleagues come to me and ask for advice because he realized that someone that was in a key position in his movement was controlled up and was actually trying to influence everyone below him to, to kick him out, <laughs> who's the founder of the movement. So he was coming to me and and we were talking about how to deal with that. But basically, he, he had to quickly get rid of him. So fire him. And um, before he could poison the entire thing, because he could see how he was starting to generate lies and starting to turn people against him. And 
yeah, starting to create a lot of friction. So there you have to be quite, you have to be quite harsh and be willing to just like cut ties. And then it, it requires a lot of com communication with your community then that you can explain why you had to act that way. But I would say the quicker you do it, the, the better, because the more you give space to this kind of sly attack, because it is an attack when you have someone infiltrating, it's, it's a form of an attack to your cause. Uh, the more time you give it, the more they are able to do damage. And uh, yeah, so you, you got to be quick with that. If it's a movement that you're involved with, you're involved with, um, with, you have to start championing the original cause or the, the original values. So if you see that, okay, now this, like, for instance, about animal rights, I'm a big advocate of animal rights. That movement is being hijacked by the climate UN transhumanist uh, mm -hmm crazy uh, eco-fascism movement as well and, and all this lab-grown meat and all this craziness. So what do you do? You, you have to just keep on advocating stronger what is the original message, which is uh, ahimsa, which is non-violence, which is respect to all life. So rather than attacking the infiltrators and saying, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it because that's just going to take a lot of your own energy and it's going to create a lot of division in the movement and a lot of people starting to think that you're controlled up don't i wouldn't do that i don't call people out by their names but i strengthen what is the good value instead so i i, I go even stronger to say no 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 this is about this we have to be careful not to go into that kind of because that force is leading us towards this thing it's all a deception so helping people realize what it is without going into war. So I, I never like that uh, making a name for yourself by, by discrediting others. I think that is not a noble path myself. This, so I rather just talk about values and principles and the heart of the cause and strengthen that rather than start exposing this and that person's infiltrator or, or co-opted. And so what about in the, in the circumstance of, um, say, in your own groups? I know you've got a Telegram group. I'm going to share a link for people to go and join you there. Yeah. And uh, so when they're, say, sharing a bunch of who you know to be controlled op, will mm -hmm. you point it out to them? I will. Yes, I will. I will not say, oh, this person is controlled op. I just say they're advocating for something that isn't true. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. then I will comment on whatever it is in the content that I don't resonate with. Like, oh, did you not realize that there is no such thing as SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus? Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. know that there's over 100 freedom of information requests that have been made to different institutions around the world and not a single one has been able to produce the, the scientific evidence of isolation of virus? Mm -hmm. So I go into that rather than the character uh, assassination. I, I, I talk about the content, what is wrong. Mm -hmm. So... Also giving people the benefit of the doubt, you know, there are also people out there who have been so invested in their cause that they are just focusing on that one topic and one subject and may not have had the time to fully make up their minds on this thing yet. So let, let's say that they may be questioning in their mind and think, well, maybe or about, let's say, the shape of the, the realm. That's a big thing now. Mm -hmm. Is it a is it flat? Is it globe? Is it concave? Whatever it is. So if someone doesn't say, 
let's say you're a flat earther and you, you say, ah, oh, this person is championing the globe, they must be controlled off. I don't believe it's that simple. I think that is such a huge uh, question of paradigm and, and belief system that to start advocating for something that you're not sure of is unwise. I don't advocate for flat earth because how the, I, I cannot prove that. I do not know that. I do know that NASA is lying 100%. I know mm -hmm. all the evidence is there. Anyone who puts 10 minutes into that research will know that NASA is lying. Absolutely. I know this is a realm. I know we are in a creation. What is the shape of this plane of being? I honestly don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of interesting evidence on both sides. There's a lot of interesting uh, experiences that people have had. And I'm open to have a dialogue, but I'm not going to start saying this is the truth if I don't know the truth. So I think we have to be also very careful not to start stamping everyone controlled up, controlled up. This person isn't advocating for this one thing that I think everyone should be talking about. Then then that makes them controlled up. It's not that simple. You have to also read into their character. So so how is this person generally, you know, how uh, do they have integrity? Do Are they doing things to lift others? Are they giving of themselves a lot? Are they investing a lot of their time going into demonstrations, meeting people, workshops? Or are they just building this empire of fame? There's so many different things you have to take into consideration. You can't just, yeah, be looking at the one thing that you're you're passionate about and think that if this person doesn't expose it, they must be controlled off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. I love that. And the one thing that you could never assume is intention. You don't know. Like maybe they're they're going side, sideways. Maybe they're taking people sideways. Maybe they are creating a following, but maybe none of it comes from an actual, you know, evil intention to do harm. Mm -hmm. And and they might be very well intending to do good. So you can't ever, uh, you know, and, and when you make claims, you have to prove your claims. Now mm -hmm. I will say, but the number of times I have said these three words, controlled op alert as a, as a short form, for, you know, flying through my feed and just going, okay, I want people to know that I don't endorse this. I have mm -hmm. done enough research to satisfy myself that, so, so I will say it, I will just call it blatant what it is mm -hmm. uh, to me, to me in my, in my living room. Now, do I go on anybody else's platform and do that? Absolutely not. That's mm -hmm. their, that's their business. That's their, you know, I'm not going to go to somebody's Facebook wall and look at, oh, you're all off track and here's like, no, but if you're going to come and write on my wall and influence in my community, then, yeah. you know, I'm going to cut your head off. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You should say that you're not going to go into someone else's like living room and, and say you're off track. I have this one guy. I don't know if he's watching this now. If you are, greetings. <laughs> <laughs> he, he disagrees with everything I advocate for and his sole mission is to always go and point that out whatever I post he's an atheist I'm obviously not yeah. he doesn't believe in natural law I live that that is my big big passion he doesn't believe in anarchy I'm absolutely a devout anarchist do not believe in governance by violence or slavery or mastery in any way and, and he thinks it's justified. So every time I make any kind of post about peace or anarchy or love or or God, he comes and reminds how he totally disagrees with me. And I just think that it's funny that there are some people that are so dedicated just to come and every time disagree with you. I don't I, I don't quite comprehend what they get out of that because I don't 
I don't go like every day that there's some new Instagram post of Bill Gates to go right there that you're a murderer, you know, <laughs> just what is going on there anyway. But some people actually do that, that they, they come to your channel just to say that they disagree with you every time. And mm -hmm. so, all right, well, that's your life. <laughs> that's how you choose to, to, to spend your, your precious hours on this beautiful earth. <laughs> okay. Go exactly. with it. Exactly. Yeah. To me, that's an inversion of purpose because yeah. you feel that push up from the soul, but mm -hmm. you don't have the, whatever it takes, courage, creativity, you know, you, mm -hmm. you're not finding that inside yourself to just go off on a limb mm -hmm. and, and speak your truth and, and, and give that to people. So you, you sideways it and go and take other people down, try to convince them there's nothing more annoying. It's like, you know, it, 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 I had some, somebody accused me that, uh, oh, I'm a, like a one trick pony with who I'm working with for PMAs, Jacqueline Milne. And it's like, did you not see I did 196 interviews this past two years? I've been, I've been, I've been vetting people. I, I vet people live. Don't, I don't want to scare you, Hannah, but <laughs> right. And, okay. and so it kind of looked into, kind of looked into things. And if I landed, yeah. it means that it, it, it aligned with me. It doesn't mean mm. that it's for everybody. It's, it's mm. not, there will be lots yeah. of people who won't feel comfortable in that, in that zone. And that's just how it is. So mm. we don't need to all get along, right? Yeah. Even if, no, even if we don't, it's, it, I it, know. It's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not even possible. It's absolutely impossible. We have this illusion of a global society, but we're just yeah. here, you and me talking, and we have a fan, handful of friends in the living room. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, and, and so that's, that's, that's our world right now. And this is what we're responsible for. So yeah, I love your yeah. message. It's awesome. And uh, maybe as a, as a last question, how, how do you find your, the, the work in natural law and, and activism come together uh, and any, anything else that you want to add with that yeah it, it definitely all all the causes all the the actions the campaigns i i weigh them on that on that foundation of natural law so uh, one of the, the biggest kind of parameters for me is is the law of cause and effect so i always examine what effect i'm bringing forth with this this cause so i i am aware that everything that i'm doing is going to have a consequence so for me free will is the choice free will is choosing your consequences because everything has a consequence right and we're always creating and we create whether we want it or not and we create um, unconsciously or, or consciously so what am i creating and what is the energy that i'm creating with what is the intention and what is the language that i'm using in the campaigns so I'm always thinking about that. What, what is the fruit that is coming forward from this? Is it empowering? Is it inspiring? Can it enhance? Can it lift? Can it, can it um, kind of trigger you to examine something from a different point of view? It has to have some kind of positive generative flow out of it uh, because I don't want to create stagnation where it's just about complaining or just about highlighting what is wrong in the world. So yes, mm -hmm. there can be critique, critique, but it has to be always delivered with some sort of forward pushing motion. Like, well, you, you see, this is the diagnosis. This is the problem. This is the sickness. Here's how we start remedying it. So I, I, I'm conscious of that, that there has to always be some sort of forward mo motion, some sort of creative impulse that, that comes out of that. So that's a big one for me. And of course, 
awareness of how everything is sacred. So I cannot deny the sacredness of everyone, doesn't matter if they're vaccinated or maybe I shouldn't say the word, but it doesn't matter <laughs> whether they've had the juice or not. So I, I want to keep the way that I address people respectful. I don't want to um, patronize or, or belittle people. That's something that has gotten stronger and stronger for me over the last two years, because it's so easy to just define an entire person based on one decision. Uh, that's what we're doing, you know, in the freedom movement a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's robbing them of their humanity and it's robbing them of that sacredness, which is inside. <laughs> doesn't matter how covered it is. Um, so the language for me, it's, it's so important. Am I creating unity and healing with the way that I'm communicating or am I creating more polarity, more segregation, more conflict? So yeah, it's, it's really something I, I attempt to. I, I don't always, of course, succeed. I make mistakes also, but I attempt to keep it at the core that everything that I do would be conscious and that I'm aware of what I'm trying to achieve. What is my strategic goal? Am I trying to inspire people? Who is my message for? Because I think a lot of the activists also, they go to the street and they it's like they put a message up for themselves. They, they fail to consider how will... How will that message be received by, let's say, someone who has been jabbed if you have a big sign saying the jibby jabs kill? Is that really going to work? You know, is it is it going to enter into their consciousness as something that they want to look into? Or maybe you could phrase that differently and say something like, have you heard of the injuries that these, these, these things are causing? Come and talk to us. Or... My auntie had full body sepsis after the jib or, or, or whatever. So it's a different, it's the same message, but it's, it's communicated in a way where people are able to digest it. So language right. is, is really everything. How do we do it? What are we creating with our actions? Yeah, this is an excellent point. And I, I feel like I just learned it. Good thing it only took me five decades, most of my life, all of my <laughs> life. But, uh, you know, that <clears throat> because it's it's very tempting. As soon as you see something off track, you just go, okay, no to that. And I'm going this way. And we're just going to, mm -hmm. you know, reject and, and move along. And it, it, what it discounts is that somebody might actually like learn and grow in your environment from you, from your people, from the, the vibe around and that it's it's a photograph where they're at and it's not fixed mm -hmm. unless they make it so and many yeah. people are fixed that 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 is a fact that very yeah. very few people genuinely take transformation on i know the work that i do is highly transformational i, I i'm uh, i trust yours is as well and you can see the the brave i have a lot of people who hang around and only some are taking part of of this this um I want to say communion. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but, uh, and it's not that it's not a ritual at all, but it's, you know, when you come face to face with a thing that you've unconsciously decided limits you and, you know, you look at it, it's, it's, there's going to be pain. There's going to be some upheaval. Your life is probably going to change in some way. It won't be the, the same old suffering that you've already been familiar and comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it's a major leap of, um, of, of courage really to do that. And I can't remember where I was going with that, but uh, 
you yeah. want to talk now? <laughs> yeah. It is a major leap of courage. And I think you're, you have a lot of wisdom there saying that it's we only ever get to see that current expression of that soul in that one particular moment. So That's whenever it. we're surrounded by people, it's it's like it's a little picture of where they are now, but it doesn't define them as a being and it, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't change later. And what I've actually found a lot is is when your advocacy is detached in a way that you're not pushing it on people. You're not like judging them because they're not doing whatever you want them to do. But it's it's kind of just flowing and out of joy. One of my friends um, years ago gave this wonderful analogy that you want to become like a bonfire, which is just warm and sparkly and everyone just wants to gather around it. You know, like that is the kind of energy. If you, if you visualize how you go to the street, you know, of course, it's important to be able to say no. And anger is a sacred communication that a boundary is being broken. So anger has its place, too. But mm -hmm. when you're going out there to the streets to meet your fellow neighbors, you know, your community, is the anger energy going to invite them to you to have that dialogue? to become enriched in some way, to have new knowledge, new information that they did not have before, to get a different glimpse of the world through what you're doing? Or is it better to be, you know, inspiring and, and, and warm and respectful towards people? So I find that it's, it's so effective when you're just doing what you're doing, you're leading by example, and then afterwards you get people writing to you saying, you know what, I changed that thing now because of you, because I've been inspired. And, it, and, and you weren't even aware that you were in any way inspiring. You were just being yourself, just doing your thing, making your choices based on your, you know, conscious intention. So mm -hmm. if we can, if we can take that pressure off our backs that we need to like, just forcefully awaken everyone, our advocacy becomes so much more enjoyable and just you just you do you 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 lead by example you shine what you do and people become inspired and then they inspire others and it becomes a wonderful thing it's not hierarchical thing it's not you know that you seek for followers no you're trying to lift others up and that's great because then you can delegate more to the rest <laughs> it's less for you to do there <laughs> so you go spoken <laughs> yeah, spoken like a true king hero right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, actually giving people a chance to come, you know, that it, it, judging won't work. That's judge not lest ye be judged, you guys. Come on. But it feels yeah. right. And it's hidden from us because pride, where you're very invisible, you're up in your high energy, feeling all good about yourself. And, and, uh, and it seems right to judge is just not, it's just not the way. So yeah, that's, that's really amazing. You are a huge invitation to activism. I personally am utterly turned off activism, having met nothing but the ang angry railers my whole life. And they were like, the, you know, dirty and grungy and, and, uh, you know, fighty and, and prickly yeah. when you talk to them and just like, oh, okay, I'll just back off here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you're, you're just an open invitation for, for this. And, and I want to say one quick thing. I think we're coming to the end of this now before I turn it to, um, for you to let us know ways to reach you is the quality of warmth. I was really uh, excited the other night because a, a friend of mine, Jacqueline Milne, same, I just <laughs> I keep saying her name, that uh, she was saying, because she's a farmer, she's very tuned into life and the cycles and everything like that. And she said that the seed needs three, three things to grow. We all know this, but I just appreciated hearing it again. And it is, um, 
you know, light, water, and warmth. Yeah. And so someone could come to your world and maybe they're going to find the equivalent of the, of the water and the light. But if they don't find warmth, then they're not going to sprout. <laughs> they're they're wow. not going to grow. Right. That, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it, that love is the thing that creates that warm environment that is mm -hmm. like your household and it's your family, your loved ones. And, and without that warmth, what is it? What are you doing here? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Of course, it's true. Yeah. On the level of relationships as well, for us to, to germinate that connection, there needs to be warmth and a feeling of safety, you know. Mm -hmm. And now it's a time where a lot of people who have taken those jabs are starting to question, did I do the right thing? And the last thing they want is to be shamed and to be judged, but they want somewhere where they can be safe to go ask some questions, you know, and, and say, what is this information that you guys have? Can I see that? Because yes. something is off, something is, you know, going wrong. I've had people come to me uh, in our retreats who are thinking differently, you know, about the choices they've made. So it, it's happening and people are seeking healing. They're seeking ways to detox from these substances. And we need to be there with open arms and welcome them and say, yeah, welcome back. We're here for you. You know, that's that's what we're here for is, is really just to love each other and, and guide each other home, hold mm -hmm. hands. Mm -hmm. That's very beautiful. And I can't stop myself because this has also been weaponized against us. One of the, one of the messages I've noticed with the, uh, the convoy that, mm -hmm. and it, it was narrative because you could hear it's repeated. It's word for word, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's got that exact phrase they picked up somewhere. And it, it was, every trucker was saying that uh, I'm vaccinated and I support taking the mandates down. And it's like, oh, fascinating. So, you know, the, what I realized, it took me a little while, but what I realized is happening there is that they're, they're normalizing the, the jab and, and, and uh, taking away from the fact that it's an instrument of genocide. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so, you know, and, and we want to coexist and be in unity and be peaceful. And yes, mm -hmm. of course, the warmth and the love and the openness you want, you want some, they might be our allies. Mm -hmm. Our biggest allies are people who realize that they made, they made an error with that. So yeah, you know, yeah. dehumanizing and, and, and demonizing, absolutely wrong to do, but yeah. never losing sight of mm -hmm. this is not just a, a normal mixed society of people no. who jab and people who don't. That's, that's not mm -hmm. what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That was a middle of the night revelation. So. <laughs> Oh man, this has been so beautiful, Hannah. I just like uh, have, have drank every minute of this of this very warm, open conversation with a real, real being. So, thank you thank for joining you me. Yeah, yeah. What a pleasure. Thank do you want to tell people? Yeah, do you want to tell people how to reach you? I know there's a, a number of different links in the show notes already. Not on Rockfin. They don't they don't fit the stupid show notes there. But uh, oh. on, uh, <laughs> on YouTube and Facebook and my blog is is where I always prefer people start out. So they can uh, get to know all of my speakers. There's, uh, as I mentioned, a whole lot of content to take in there. I'm never, I'm never saying everybody's all good. Uh, you know, if I, somebody asked me, like, you know, anybody you've interviewed, you, you, um, you feel this or that about. And, and I said, you know what, if I was honest and I took down an interview where it left me with some doubt in some way, I would take them all down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every one of them. Because there's, you know, there's just, there's some, something that you're down with, something you're not down with, but mm -hmm. this is, this is a place where you can come and, and take what you can use, see how, see how you feel, 
you know, mm-hmm. join, join Hannah's telegram, see what on a regular basis over time, how do things play out? Time is always a wonderful uh, teacher of character and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. How people keep showing up is, is a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah. So is there anything in particular you want to guide people's attention to? Just my website, I would say that mm-hmm. is the hub. So I mm-hmm. left first of January this year, I left Facebook and Instagram as a, as a, strong statement that I do not like this metaverse uh, that they are building. I'm sure that they will be involved in the social credit system that is coming as well. And I don't want them to have my voice and my content as something that they can use. So yeah, just hennamaria.community. And from there you have all the links to my videos and you have my newsletter, which is great if you sign up for that, because then uh, I will have you in my contacts, even if the telegram uh, turns into some kind of uh, control pin as well, which I, I'm hearing that it is more and more. But yeah, that's that's my website. And then Henna Maria 22, you'll find me on the Telegram. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, there seems to be two two groups there, like a chat and a channel. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, one is a conversation chat, and one is one is the the the, the channel. Okay, let me see if I can just yeah, grab a link for that quickly too. Channel. Oh, don't. Yes. There we go. And I have one for finished speaking uh, followers as well that I just recently opened because uh-huh. I realized that whenever I post and finish in my international group, people are like, what's this? Where's the translation? <laughs> so, so oh, I have yeah. The Finns now as well. <laughs> That's nice. I noticed that with a bunch of the European uh, speakers that that just to reach more people, they speak English and then and then uh, people in their mother tongue might not be quite as uh, uh, catered to in that respect. But there's uh, Hannah's, uh, I believe that's the channel. That's that's your channel. Yeah, that's my channel. That's your channel. Yeah, 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 there you go. Super good. All right. Well, it's been a, a total pleasure. If you're uh, also interested in learning about my work, you can visit bethmartins.com. I think it's on the ticker going by over, over and over there. Uh, at the bottom. And I help people to deprogram the new world disorder. This is something that if you if you're brave enough, or you're sick enough of, of uh, going in circles and loops with with pain or of trying to avoid pain, or, you know, you find yourself being too aggressive and uh, not warm and loving and, and uh, creating in your image, as you'd like to, then uh, feel free to knock on my door, let me know how you're doing. I periodically offer courses and I do one on one coaching. And I'm actually in the process of moving my whole entire all of my work, including the law stuff into my PMA literally, uh, you know, days or, or a couple of weeks at the most from making that transition. So it's going to be very big for me. And uh, it'll be a diff- Yeah, yeah, then my my living room is going to get smaller, which is okay. I'm still going to be doing public podcasts. There's absolutely no reason that you can't do that to, uh, to be available and, and continue to serve the community in this way. But I know there's more that I can do. So I want to I want to be able to do that with uh, less interference from the outside world. We are uh, going to be all grown up adults and taking responsibility for ourselves, not needing, a, you know, Mr. Public to come in and regulate how we do things. We are free at, at heart and uh, I'm feeling it more than ever, even even in, despite the advancing tyranny by the second. Great. Congratulations <laughs> for that. It's going to be wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I hope this is the first of other uh, interviews. I'm really glad to have got to know you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Beth. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. 
Absolute pleasure. And uh, all right, bye for now, everyone. I'll be back. Oh, yeah, good. I remembered this with uh, Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan is coming on. And I just saw the interview that you did of her last night. So I thought how oh, fun yeah. I can prepare for two interviews at one time with the two beautiful women with the really amazing things on the luminous kids. Her, her subject is the, yeah, the light in children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very beautiful. That is Friday at uh, 1 p.m. Central time. So maybe we'll see you all back here. All right, everyone. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>